0: Welcome back to M3 Millennial Money Management, where we are back for our part two session of our insurance talk with Jeremy Goodrich. So I'm going to throw you a, a, a twist into this. There's so yeah. many insurance companies out there, so many of them, yeah. and and they they're, they're vying for um, people to buy their policies. Uh, much of a yeah. difference is it based on regulations as opposed to, um, I can sell this or I can have my rates lower because I see a whole lot of different options. And, and to your point, when you get older, it gets higher, but I think that's everybody. Mm-hmm. But then they said, I'm going to mm-hmm. take the chance on, you know, just like stocks, you you got some, um, really uh chancy type stocks that you don't want to really invest in but it's going to pay you got to pay more in order to get into them what what can you say based on all of these insurance companies and the regulation to say why is it competitive other than you know being a superman them? and i'm the guy saying <laughs> i'd rather deal with superman than batman <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, there's a couple answers or a couple pieces to this. One, you're right, these uh, insurance premiums are regulated. And so while there certainly are differences from one company to another, they're likely not vastly different. Right. Um, you know, the first. Most important thing that I think when it comes to life insurance is simply that your family can find the policy if you were to pass away. Mm. So, about 30% of life insurance policies are not recovered from the beneficiaries because no one knew where to go to find it. And um, in a lot of ways, that's why I think going with someone who's a local agent in your town can really help on that because okay. I mean, I have an example that happened last year, a buddy of mine, uh, his wife passed away and he gave me a buzz cause he knew I was in insurance. And he said, look, I, I know she had a life insurance policy, but I have no idea where it was or where it is, which is unfortunately a super common problem. And so I just started calling. I mean, obviously, I can't call all these national life insurance companies and just ask over and over again. For one, they probably wouldn't tell me an answer because Mm -hmm. I'm not him. And and for two, there's there's hundreds of them. But I did start calling the insurance agencies around our town here in Bloomington, Indiana, and I found it. Um, And so he was able to get I don't know what the payout was on that life insurance policy, but he was able to find it. Because that life insurance policy was with a local agent, so just for the capacity to find the life insurance policy in the case of needing it, I'd say start local okay um, There are other options though um, online, especially life insurance, we're seeing more and more tech companies get involved so you can go online to multiple different sites and basically get a quote and buy the policy right there on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, you know, potential options. The only concern there is you—you've got to make sure that you have documentation, and your family knows where to go if you were to pass away. You know. Wow, good stuff. Um, so that's that's the surface. And then on the price stuff, it depends. I mean, if you're, you know, just going to an agent and telling them your scenario, you know, if you're a smoker, it's going to be different than if you're not a smoker, if you're out of shape or, or things of that nature. And, you know, that can be a factor. If you've had a parent pass away before the age of 60 from a heart condition or cancer or something like that, that can change the scenario. Um, so a lot of, if, you know, if you're a race car driver, that's going (laughs) to change the scenario, or if if your thing is jumping out of planes, um, you know, or if you're a politician or a professional (laughs) athlete, I mean, there, there are certain, you know, factors that companies are going to figure in. And the thing is none of those things, I mean, I mean, they certainly change price. Don't get me wrong, but they're not necessarily game enders. You know, it just means that you're a good insurance agent is going to say, okay, well, here's the, these are the factors. This company over here has a much better option than, you know, company B or company C for tobacco users or for race car drivers. Um, So, you know, a good insurance agent is going to know where to take you based on your story. So that would be the, the other thing I would say. And, you know, I'm I'm an independent insurance agent, so I'm obviously a little biased. But I think sp- working with independent agents is great because of ju- what I just said. You know, they can find the right company for you rather than working for one yeah. company.
0: So and and that's what I do with my home insurance as well as. No, my home insurance. I, I dropped away from my car insurance because you shop around for that and keep going. But my my mm-hmm. home insurance agent, I'm, we have a personal relationship with them because they're looking out for me and they're all local. And yeah. I know the office that they go to and my family know who they are. So I like that. I, mean, I think that's key for people to understand that if you don't have a relationship with them. If something happened, that agent may say, hey, I'm sorry for your loss. Hey, look, I brought I had no idea he had this amount Hey, it doesn't matter. I've already had a relationship mm-hmm. with you. So that's pretty good, too. Yeah. See, that's why we had you on, Jeremy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
2: I wanted to um, I wanted to ask about. So, like you were mentioning, hey, if you don't have the money, um, like the forty dollars to invest, um, I think one one way to get value or just to get free money is to look at all of your insurance collectively and see how you can um, reduce the price of the policy every six months or every year, and that that extra money that you have can you can invest either in the market or, you know, through a uh, through a universal policy. So I just want to ask, you know, what are what are ways people can, you know, reduce, you know, for auto, for home, what are ways people can reduce those uh, the prices. So that they yeah. can have extra money to invest
1: so i think that makes a lot of sense um as far as ways to reduce prices some of the easiest ways are you know generally putting your home and auto together uh this whole bundle thing you see it in commercials and it does tend to save you money especially on your homeowner's insurance a lot of times you'll see a 20 30 decrease in homeowners premium if you'll bundle the home and auto together. And the reason there for insurance companies is that auto insurance is more profitable than homeowner's insurance. They lose more money on homeowners than they do on auto. So they want your auto so they can make a little bit of money and the home is there as well. So you usually see the biggest discount on the homeowner's insurance when you bundle things together. Independent mm-hmm. agents, again, I'm a little biased, so I want to be clear on that, but um, tend to be able to find you some of the best pricing, and that's simply because they have competition inside their own agency. Um, companies are competing to be in that space, and the best way to compete is to have solid pricing. So you tend to be able to see better pricing. I, you know, I love it when some of the when someone walks in my office with. Uh, an insurance policy from one of the big companies out there um, because I know I can knock it out of the park in price compared to them because they don't have any competition inside their agency. Don't know if that totally makes sense or not on that quick description. Um, but that's, you know, an independent agent makes sense. And then I just... Well, oh, go ahead, so yeah.
2: Jeremy, you, well, you mentioned you mentioned independent agents. Um, just Let's just say people, you know, they they're like, you know what, I'm not sure I have an independent agent or not. How, how do people search and find one so they can get that better pricing?
1: Yeah, I think that if you just Google like independent insurance agent and then your town, you know, for me it's Bloomington, uh, but wherever you're from, you're going to get a whole list of them. And when you look at someone's website, you know, if their website says a company name, so State Farm, Shelter, Allstate, Nationwide, these are companies that have local agents that are employees of their company. And so you can have someone local, which is great. You know, Um, if you have a local State Farm agent, that's awesome. At least you have that personal relationship. Maybe you go to church together. You know, that's a positive. Um, But those folks work for a company. Um, An independent agent, it's going to say something like, you know, the name of my agency is Shine Insurance. That's just like the experience I want people to have when they're working with me. Um, and so it's not going to have the name of an insurance company. It's going to have, you know, a lot of times it's the person's last name or whatever. Um, and then obviously you could ask when you call them, are you an independent insurance agent? And those would be ways to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to find that out. Use the Google. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Good
0: stuff, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. See, this yeah. is this this is why we had to have that because it may not sound as sexy as you know um, lap dances, but um, <laughs> but it's still it's essential. And you know, you gave me some great talking points when we start talking to others yeah. about it because even though they 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 listen to the podcast, they're still going to have these questions like, you know what? But why? Oh, so you probably didn't understand it. Let me break it down a little better experience wise or this is what Jeremy was really saying that we didn't elaborate on um mm-hmm. and you gave a lot of great great input that I can at least be able to speak to in alternative ways except for just straight up is the three um take your choice
1: right, universal right.
0: hold and turn up oh, that's it take your choice now I can speak to it a little better
1: I was just going to say, you know, I think that it's just like having a financial advisor, other kinds of advisors. It feels good to feel like you're in control, Mm -hmm. right? And you understand things. And no, insurance isn't sexy at all, that's for sure. But if you understand it on a basic level and you feel like you're in control of it, then you have that peace of mind and that's the end of that conversation until you need it and then it takes care of you and so for me it's about that feel that peace of mind right that right. feeling of control over your finances and your world and and that's what i hope to create for folks so Chaz, any last thoughts
2: no this is a uh, very informative um you have me thinking about getting rid of my insurance because <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're not independent. So I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, it's, you, instead of just competing, you know, like, well, that just makes you competing against everybody versus just, hey, here are our, our best prices versus the prices of everyone. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I can get a better deal. Um, <clears throat> actually, one thing I do want to talk about before we let you go mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm sure you see this uh, with a lot of young people or at least um, and you see this in a lot of large cities uh, there's a lot of people who are waiting longer to get cars or foregoing car ownership so for example in my case um, I, I had a I had a raggedy car it broke down and I waited so I can save up and get an actual good car and because I came back into the insurance pool they are like hey you're a risk I was like what are you talking about because, you know, I haven't had a, a policy for about a year or two years at that point. Yeah. Um, how, how how do millennials uh, who are waiting to, um, to, you know, with the car situation and they come back in as a higher risk, you know, how do you
1: approach that? And what's your advice to those people? That's a great question. I, so anytime you have what's referred to as a gap in coverage, whether there's a good reason for it or not, most insurance companies are going to then, when you come back in, essentially penalize you for that. So most of the time it's for a year. Um, once you've had a year of prior insurance, you'll see your premiums go down from what they were when you came back in and got insurance kind of for the first time. Now, if you live in a big city, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, um, and there's a clear public transportation system and you can say, look, I didn't need auto insurance for this period of time there are some insurance agents and some insurance companies that can advocate for you and use that as reasoning to not penalize you so if someone i I had this happen yesterday someone's coming down here to bloomington moving to bloomington from chicago illinois they lived right downtown and didn't need insurance they haven't had insurance for five years or something and so I simply contacted one of my companies and said, "Look, here's the scenario. Uh, can we insure them, even even though they didn't have prior insurance? Can we act like they did because ah. of their individual scenario?" And the answer was yes. So ah. you know, I would definitely see if the, an agent is willing to advocate for you if you have a clear other means of transportation they
2: they absolutely in my scenario they absolutely did not i had a relatively expensive i mean i want to my my insurance i think was or is higher than my monthly um car payment yeah um they absolutely did not do that and i was thinking about it because i'm like i'm clearly in the city Um, That was my situation. I can just take transit, and there are times where um, for family trips we would rent a car and I would drive. I was like, I didn't even think about like, hey, I clearly have a history where you know I'm driving still. I'm doing this and that. Um, does, Does that does that help at all? Like showing car rental history or something, showing that you're still participating
1: in transit <laughs> on some level. I mean, actually, the car rental thing would probably do the opposite. I think the best the best, is to be able to say you had public transportation, like I said. If if you do not have insurance and you rent a car, you, you really want to purchase the rental insurance from the rental car company, which tends to be fairly expensive, really, um, because you don't have any insurance. If you don't have any insurance and you rent a car – then something bad happens, there is no coverage for you. So that's actually so, kind of a negative.
2: Well, what about through um, credit cards? Yeah. So when you have a credit card and you do that, um, and that actually applies to travel too, uh, travel insurance. Mm-hmm. How, do,
1: how does a credit card insurance work in those scenarios? It depends on the credit card. There's So every credit card that offers that kind of thing has technical legal language behind it. And so, you know, I'd, I'd have to, when someone says, hey, uh, you know, calls me and says, hey, I've, I've got this through my credit card company, I ask them to send me the description. Because a lot of times there's gaps in the coverage provided there. Like they provide something, but they may not be, you know, the, the credit card company might say, we provide insurance coverage for rental cars, secondary to your policy, to your own personal auto policy. So if, ah, that, if your personal auto policy doesn't exist, then that policy covered. through your credit card doesn't help. <laughs> and you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it's like marketing, right? Like credit cards want to be able to say that they do something, but the legal language behind it, yeah, you know, is yeah. real shallow. Yeah. It's yeah. Questionable. There's one okay. more thing. Can I just real quick? I want to mm-hmm. mention yes. if you don't have a yes, car, yeah. you can still get insurance. It's called non owned auto what? insurance, it's very inexpensive. And that way, you can have that continuous coverage even if you don't have a car. Yeah. Um, so, wait, 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 wait. Non- what is it called? Non owned auto insurance, which means you don't own a car, non owned, but you still want to have. Insurance for if you drive another wow. car, if you drive a rental car, to keep continuous coverage. And there's a lot of reasons why non-owned auto coverage makes sense. What about non-owned houses? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be, I mean, that would be a no, renter's policy. It's renters. <laughs> right, right. It is. I mean, that's I hilarious. I've never heard of that. It's really hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're digging deep, you guys. I'm I happy to let like, just you know, I'll get the shovel out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but 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 this is essential because again, Chaz went through it and yeah. there's people who just say, yeah. Oh well, I just got without knowing what the alternatives are. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Now here's now here's the question. Now let's this is I <laughs> think this is my last question. Sure. Um so last year last year we saw the flooding situation. Yeah. We gotta talk about flooding insurance. Yeah. Um for homeowners, um, in fact, I mean, in our situation, for me, uh, living wise, we we all move into a house together. You know, there's we have this a fairly large home, so that we can just split the cost that way. And one of the one of the things we really thought about was, you know, um, flood zone. What if what's the likelihood that you'll be in a hundred year storm? You know, in your area, but when it happens, you know, a you're dealing with the flood and b the policy. So can you kind of just talk about how you advise people in terms of flood insurance
0: and and before you start yeah, the other I mean, alternative is yep. we we had one of our other co-hosts on um our other podcast who said the flood insurance only took care of what
1: happened if a pipe bursts as pipe opposed burst. to yeah. external flooding yeah yeah so let me clear that up a little bit so natural rising of water is deter- is right. is a flood Right. That's and uh, no floods or natural rising of water are covered on homeowners insurance or renters insurance policies. There none no homeowners insurance or renters insurance policy has coverage for flood. You can purchase that separately. There are there's a couple of options, but almost all of the options are through FEMA. So it's a uh, federally supported program. And so a lot of times, like when you buy a house, you'll have to get homeowner's insurance. And if you're in a flood zone, the mortgage company will say you have to purchase flood insurance too. Again, it's a completely separate insurance policy that only covers for one thing, the natural rising of water. So if if that's a concern for you, you should definitely talk to your insurance agent. And, you know, it the price really depends on your flood zone. So if you're in a high risk flood zone, you know, it could be very expensive to get flood insurance. Many places in Florida, for example, you know, because floods are often connected with hurricane, although that's getting on a whole nother topic. There's a a couple of things that are involved with hurricanes. But um, flood is one of them, and so it's expensive to get flood insurance in Florida or in a high-risk flood zone. But if you're not in a high-risk flood zone, you can still get a policy. It tends to just be much less expensive. So the important things to know on that topic are that no homeowner's or renter's policy covers the natural rising of water. You can get a flood policy. They you know, very widely in price, but your insurance agent should be able to, you know, offer you a proposal for that. Let's talk about the burst pipe thing, because that's a totally different topic. You, a burst pipe is not natural rising of water. That is a burst pipe. That's, That's, that's not natural. That's something broken. And most insurance policies cover for the damage associated with that. Burst pipe. So you should have coverage in your homeowner's policy for a burst pipe. So that would be covered, whereas the natural rising of water, a flood, gotcha. would not. Okay. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just to, and just to be clear,
1: um, you
2: purchase flood insurance from
1: the government. Well, you purchase it from your insurance agent, but it's it's backed by the government. Yeah, is so.
2: is is underwritten by the government, yeah, or when you say backed, okay?
1: Yeah, so it's yeah, it's underwritten by the government. It's the government would ultimately be paying out on the policy um, if something right. happened. And interestingly, they lose a ton of money on the, that program oh, yeah. every year. So even though it seems expensive, it still is not what insurance agents would say actuarially sound. It, uh, it,
2: oh, not yeah. at all. Yeah. I think uh, there was a report yeah, about that. Did. John Oliver talked about that last yeah. year, how absurd it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah. So that's, that's the flood conversation. Excellent. Wow. And I know so much knowledge know. <laughs> <laughs> might have to have you back there, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, I'm yeah, always happy. Part to two. Chad, man. I, you know, I, I hope that the way that I describe things help make it less scary. You know, that's really the goal and, and there's a lot to it. And obviously, me sitting down with a client is a much more detailed you know, conversation about a specific, you know, your specific insurance and everybody should take some time with their own insurance agent to do that. But, you know, understanding is good. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, you know, a lot of times we
0: don't actually address it. It's just, that's that thing that I'll get to when I need it, but you never know when you need it until you need it.
2: Yeah, exactly. So get it, get in front of it mm-hmm. now. So that's why this is such a good conversation. Um, and I think April is Financial Literacy Month. I yeah. want to say. Um, so part of finance obviously is your insurance because it protects assets and whatnot. So yeah, it's a great you know great opportunity to just go ahead and. Get rid of your insurance agent and get an independent one.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, at least, you know, if if you want to be financially literate on the insurance side, a a little plug for my YouTube channel. If you just go onto YouTube and uh, uh, go to Shine Insurance, I mean, we have a couple of playlists that really just lay it out for you. I mean, home and auto insurance, business insurance, life insurance. And so if you're just wanting more information, kind of like this conversation, you know, that YouTube channel's there to help. Um, and hopefully it can provide a little info there for you too. You, uh, you have any social media you want to plug? Yeah. I mean, shine, shine insurance, Twitter, uh, on Facebook, Instagram is, uh, at shine insure. Actually, Twitter is at shine insure as well. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely out there, but the YouTube channel is probably the most valuable asset. I think as far as someone just trying to get information and learn more, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the place to start for Uh sure. Excellent. Yeah. And I'm, I've am i been on the,
0: the site, shineinsure.com. So yeah, it's Shine Insurance, but Shine Insure as where you can reach. And then for your podcast, Scratch Entrepreneur. So yep. I play, hit that on iTunes. So I, I normally get my playlist on iTunes. Um, is it anywhere else? Do you have it on any other podcast platforms that you know of?
1: Yeah, we're pretty out there. I mean, you know, Stitcher, Google Play, it's on uh, Spotify, and uh, you know, obviously iTunes as well. So cool. should be available on most of the standards out there. Scratch Entrepreneur, and then yeah, ShineInsurance.com is fine too. Shine Insure, either one works. We got Shine Insure first, and then got Shine Insurance, and now we got both. Ah, smart, <laughs> smart, excellent.
0: <laughs> well, we really appreciate right. your time, Jerry. Very informative. Um, um, more than what we expected. So I, well, in in my eyes, and I really, really appreciate the education. We can see how how great of a teacher you were, and you still are, um, because you really taught me a lot of things today that I can kind of pass along and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just uh, great. This is this actually went one of our uh, less vulgar episodes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. I no, can. Yeah. Yeah. we usually we <laughs> usually
2: kick it kind of raw. Yeah, so. really.
0: So yeah, we, basically I got to throw one in. Fuck it, you know. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right now you got that experience. Yeah, we had to. Put cool. Down. Well, it's my it, it's my pleasure, guys, and I'm more than happy to talk about this stuff. You know, I I love teaching. It's kind of what I do. Hopefully, uh, that came across in this conversation. Sure, yeah. I'm happy to do it for you whenever whenever you have a That's question. Great.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, millennial Money Management. We're hitting at twice. M3. 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 Make it simple. M3. You see us at least twice a month. Uh, we have some great upcoming episodes.
2: Uh-oh. Tease. Um, yeah, I got a lot of stuff ahead. to talk about. Uh, I didn't, I'm not even going to get into it. No, I don't yeah, even know don't how to do even. Just, tease. Just hit them. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, just, uh, uh, it's going to be a series, the transition. I haven't thought of a, a catchy the transition something, time transition of transition, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, something, something catchy, but we're going to have a series, uh, possibly four episodes of, of this series, maybe five, depending on how long it is. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So look forward to that. And the privacy for banking, when are we are going to have that well? ah, uh, well, it, well we're gonna have some cyber stuff going mm. on yeah we have a special guest a good friend of mine so that's gonna be a good conversation too uh, he's funny so that'll be a very humorous one too probably back back to the um, bonus so, side. yeah very much so <laughs> yeah very much <laughs> right. so yeah yeah that's that's for that's some uh, little tease for you guys.
0: So, BougieBlackBrother.com or Millennial Money Management. Oh, and actually, I have podcast. a website to plug now. I oh, I forgot.
2: Yeah. ChazMJenkins.com. So, check me out there. Chaz M. Jenkins.
0: Got your blogs on it?
2: Yep. yep. It's, yep. It's, it's actually very nice. I gotta. I had to spend some time on it, but I think I can toot my own horn. It, it's looking a little sexy. I got to. There you go. Back to sexy. It's going to bring
0: sexy back so thanks everyone really appreciate your time and see us next time on m3 later